as Kobe would say, hey, podcast listeners. Um, we're here with uh, Marwa Syed and Matt Thacker, who uh, helped restart the Student Labor Action Project at Boston University. Um, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So could you guys tell us a little bit about SLAP, how it started, um, what it's been like at BU in the past, and kind of what the major goals are? Yeah, um, historically, SLAP uh, stands for Student Labor Action Project at Boston University, and we've been a, a student labor solidarity group on campus. Um, so we, we believe uh, th- that the, all the members of the BU community, not just students, are really important. Um, and often the administration uh, tries to, to paint this kind of narrative of students against the workers or that students aren't uh, don't care about the the rights of workers on our campus, and we're we're more concerned with other things. And we, you know, do care about that. And we we our slap exists to kind of try and change that narrative and show that students really do care about the rights of workers and the the rights of unions on their campus, and that we want to you know do active work to support those rights. Yeah, and I think I think slap um, really tries to operate according to what the workers need and want from us. Uh, we don't try to like go into situations saying that like, well, here's the problem and here's our solution for it. So here you are, um, but to really communicate um, and keep an open line of communication with with deans on campus, with people on campus who are tapped into what's happening with the workers on campus, and really ask them what they need from us, and then try to deliver on what they need from us. So, how many uh, unions do you guys work with then? Like, if you could list them off, if you if you could remember all of them, like. Or if you want to just talk about like the current like uh, campaigns that you're doing yeah. uh, with unions right now. Okay. Yeah, I mean that question I feel like is a little bit hard to answer because, th- like, it's on a case by case basis more or less. Like, mm-hmm. what you know, who's having trouble at a certain time? Like, um, you know, are the maintenance workers negotiating a contract and they need our support, then we'll be working with them, or do the full-time non-tenure track faculty need our help, then we'll be working with them. Mm -hmm. So, because there's, you know, there's only so many of us and there's only so much work that we can do, so we really try to make sure that when we do put work into a campaign, it's focused to a certain area. Mm -hmm. Right now, um, we're working on a campaign to help um, full-time non-tenure track faculty and CGS, um, who are having trouble negotiating their their contract um, due to some changes that are happening in CGS right now, um, and we're also I think we're we're sort of looking at what other unions on campus may or may not need as well. Yeah, so I mean, Maro basically covered it, but we generally tend to pick a campaign or two mm-hmm. that we we feel like we can do some active work on where there's some kind of pressing issue um, that can actually be addressed and solved, some a concrete thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of the, the stuff with CGS, it revolves around um, a, a new program they're instituting where they're making winter start mandatory for CGS students, which is, there's kind of right. a lot of strange strange background to that. Um, but historically also, SLAP has been involved with stuff with the maintenance workers um, and DERMS and there. A couple of years ago, they had some pretty contentious uh, contract negotiations with the university, and we supported them through that, and um, that actually ended up really positively uh, for the facilities union. And then um, another campaign we've been involved with recently is the adjunct unionization campaign, um, where the adjunct faculty who are not full-time, part-time teachers and professors and lecturers on campus um, recently went through a drive to form a union and negotiate a contract, um, and administration was relatively hostile to that as well. We supported them. 
You guys are restarting SLAP. Uh, it was a thing on campus a few years ago, um, and it kind of, as the, the leaders who were upperclassmen kind of graduated, it kind of died off. Uh, could you talk a little about uh, what it was like back then and what you're kind of trying to bring back? I'm currently a, a junior here, um, and the last time I remember SLAP really being on campus before this semester was uh, the beginning of my freshman year, so around the fall of 2014 slash into the spring of 2015 to a certain extent. Um, and that was when we had those campaigns uh, focused around the adjunct unionization drive and the facilities workers' new contracts. Um, and there was a lot of really pressing things going on at that time. Um, and I remember coming as a new student to, to BU when I was a freshman when all that was going on. It was really great to be able to get directly involved um, in something where I felt like I was actually you know, fighting for some kind of change and like fighting to reflect the values that I, I believed and I thought how the world should work. Um, and it was really powerful and positive, positive experience for me in that way. Um, but like we said, uh, some, some older upperclassmen graduated and the group kind of fell by the wayside. Uh, and then earlier this year, Marwa actually reached out to me and, and asked if we would be interested in getting it back up. And it's something I think I can speak for both of us when we say it's, we think that having that opportunity to get involved in really local issues that speak to more systemic problems that people want to address uh, on campus is a really important opportunity for students to have on campus and like allows us to address actual and specific important problems. So that's that's kind of what I would say is, is, is the goals with SLAP. I joined SLAP accidentally in my freshman year. Um, I was going to the CGSA to go to a FEMCO meeting, but I got the day wrong and joined SLAP instead. Um, not that I regret it at all. Um, but I think I think I had a similar experience too. I I wasn't um, like I wasn't new to activism, but it was also my freshman year, um, and so I had been involved in some other stuff in high school and before that as well. Um, but I had never really been involved in at the labor side of it, more um, like racial justice kind of actions and so I think for me that really expanded my understanding of how oppression works and how the kind of work that we're doing to fight it needs to be very and I feel like intersectional has become such a like a buzzword but like actually intersectional like actually addressing many many root causes and looking at like okay you can you know we as a university can say that we are here for racial justice but if we're not paying our workers then we can't actually be here for racial justice um, so that was important to me and I think I reached out um, to Matt because I, I've been involved a lot of um, Boston student organizing uh, especially after the election and a lot of the, the like concrete organizing that is happening is happening through student labor groups um, not that not that other groups can't do it as well but it's a very, it's a very, I think, important and effective way to organize because it, it's, it gets right to the point um, of, of the justice issues that we're looking at. You make a great point, and I think it's great that you guys start with, you know, the real issues happening in our community because people, especially on social media, like to throw around like what their values are as far as like you mentioned intersectionality. Um, so many other like around sustainability and like oh yeah I do this and by liking this I'm showing my support you know by attending one meeting I'm showing my support um, but really where does that get us so I think it's great what you guys are doing and the work that um, the real work and you have like proof of the evidence that you're doing too on campus. It's also important to like look at um, activism and education um, because I think they're very entwined and a lot of times are the same thing um, and so we've discussed this a lot in SLAP um, you know how much of our resources do we want to put towards educating the student body about what's going on um, because that's really a huge barrier uh, BU has a vested interest in 
not really having us know what's going on in other parts of the university. I mean, if you talk to um, people at the School of Public Health or at the School of Education, Mm -hmm. School of Theology, School of Social Work, there's a lot of stuff going on within those specific schools that correlates to a larger Mm -hmm. sort of idea or picture about what's happening at BU. But because BU does a very good job at sequestering schools and sequestering students, we don't always really know what's going on. Um, And so for SLAP, an important thing I think that we like to take into account and we like to work on is really making sure that we're able to communicate effectively what exactly is happening at the school. What you're saying about this this lack of transparency and this kind of deliberate obfuscation of the, Mm -hmm. the sketchy things that the BU administration does, I think that... It is an issue which is broader um, on this campus than specifically as it affects um, labor groups, although it is absolutely like this this idea that we were talking about earlier where BU you know, is trying to create this false narrative that students don't support workers' rights on campus or that, um, you know, that we, we don't want uh, that. Um, that. That speaks to this whole narrative where you know, students continually uh, you know, ask for explanations for things or ask for, for reasons why things are being done or ask to be included in discussions, stuff like tuition increases. The Student Curriculum Committee would be a great example of this. Mm-hmm. Or the Fossil Fuel Divestment Campaign um, mm-hmm. will be another example of this. Or the Sanctuary Campus Campaign. Um, things like <laughs> these. Uh, I, I'm not involved in one of those. <laughs> um, we uh, interviewed Marla previously about the Sanctuary Campus <laughs> campaign. <laughs> um, but all of those really point to this, this I think, thing that was true in the university, which is that they don't really have a lot of respect for our opinions or ideas, and they would rather if we did not know about the choices they make and not mm-hmm. have the ability to give input onto those. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I, I think, speaks to some more troubling things about how, how the administration is run, and specifically has real negative consequences when you use that idea to, to exploit workers. Yeah, I think it's really important, as we both have been doing, to frame these issues as deliberate rather than neglectful issues. Um, it's not that they just, like, we're like, oh, like, we didn't, we, like, forgot to tell you. Like, we didn't think you'd care. Like, these are very deliberate actions that they're taking in order to um, make sure that we, like, don't know what's going on and that we can't organize. And that, may, like, might sound a little bit conspiracy theorist, but, like, it's very important to understand actions through a frame of deliberacy because then you can find out ways to fight those actions if they are deliberate, which they are. <laughs> and kind of in that vein, I think that uh, a lot of students don't really know necessarily um, well, or at all, like, how BU, like, is interacting with labor groups and with unions and, like, kind of, I think that it's, it's, it's important to know and also it's kind of like, uh, it's surprising, like, how they're kind of, like, negotiating and how they're treating these unions when they negotiate with them and all these things. Um, so if you guys could talk about that a little, that'd be great. Um, so our current campaign that we're working on right now um, is with the full-time non-tenure track faculty union um, and specifically focused around some issues in the College of General Studies uh, where um, I don't think this change is going to affect next year but they're implementing it and it's it, they're going to start moving towards it and I think that it will be fully in place by 2019 or 2020 um, and they're going to make it so that all incoming CGS students uh, are winter starts now so they start in the second semester and then take summer classes before coming back to school at the beginning of next year with everybody else as opposed to, to fall starts um, like the normal students. Um, and this has some problems for a couple of things. One is that it just requires 
all CGS students to do that, um, and that's not necessarily something everyone wants to do. It's a, it's a big commitment. You have to go to summer school. Um, people can't work during the summer if that's the case, which is, you know, could eventually be a pretty significant financial hardship for people, and you have to find something to do for that first semester, which, again, you know, if you can't work, what are you, what are you doing? Um, but in terms of how it affects uh, faculty and in terms of how it affects the unions, um, that's a really significant hardship on these these lecturers who live in the Boston area, who have you know come to go and accustomed to a certain schedule, and who have families and such that are also accustomed to a certain schedule. You know, when you're when you're a professor, you get the summer off, and that's a part of it. Um, and now these not only are these people losing that, um, they're also being forced to move uh, often to London. There's a small a smaller portion um, that's that's occurring on Boston, but there's there's not going to be enough seats for that. Um, and that's a, a huge financial hardship on their families. There's childcare expenses. There's moving expenses. Um, there's the the opportunity cost of your family members not being able to work during that time if you're in London, um, or conversely, you don't. If your family members have to stay and work, then you have to pay for two houses. You have to, uh, you know, pay to travel between them. You don't get to see them. That's an emotional cost, and so. This is something that BU uh, just tried to implement without talking to the union at all, um, but the, the union really sees as, as being a pretty significant labor issue and that they're bringing to the bargaining table and, and trying to, to raise issue with that. And we want to we support them in that regard. And that's a very clear you know, like violation of people's rights and people's, people's ability uh, to do what they can for the university. And it's also linked to this larger concept of sort of the corporatization of universities and looking at because right like so why are they doing this is it just because it's like more fun to be in london like no um it's because boston university values its rankings in the like u.s world news report u.s news news world report (laughs) (laughs) i've never looked at it um so they value their rankings so much, and a lot of the things that they do are to either maintain their place in that ranking or to up their place in that ranking. And part of what makes that ranking, I, I think, like no one knows actually how those rankings are calculated, but like we know that part of it. We is know like, some of the elements, at right? Least, so know. we know some of it, and obviously some of it is going to be like SAT scores, grades, GPAs, whatever. The number of applicants. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything like that, um, and so. So BU has decided that it is it is better for their rankings if they are able to effectively hide the admission stats of students who are coming into CGS, because the the ranking people, U.S. News, uh, like they calculate according to the stats of the fall incoming class and not the January incoming class. And so BU is trying to hide the stats of the CGS students by only admitting them in January, which is highly offensive. And also is like incurring this huge cost on the people who work at CGS. Um, and this isn't a BU only issue. Like this is happening at a lot of our other peer universities as well. So, so like from the labor issue, we can then sort of derive, or we don't have to derive because it's very clear. We can look at like what is the driving force behind the specific labor issue. So, just um, a logistical question. So, are the students when they go to London are not officially accepted to BU? No, they, they are. They are. They are. They're in the CGS London program. I see. But those, they're like, uh, so, so admission th- scores are not Yeah. Recorded. Because they're admitted in January. Because they're admitted in January. Oh, to the actual university. Yeah. So, they're, so what happens is that starting, I looked up in my notes, starting fall 2019, there will be no, no CGS freshman admitted for the fall. They'll only be admitted for the winter term or the spring term, whatever it's called. Um, and so they'll do that term. Um, and then they'll go to London for the summer, which is effectively making up 
for the fall term that they missed out on. So BU was able to sell it as this really great program. Actually, one of my one of my cousins just got accepted to that program, and they're coming to visit the school tomorrow. <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh, we're going for a specific open house. I was like, oh, which one? They were like, the CGS London program. What do you think about that? And I was like, um, uh, you know. <laughs> um, so I have to like figure out what to say tomorrow. <laughs> just the shit. Yeah, right. Like, That's what I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, looking at the the actual reasons why things like this are happening, it's very important to help us fight. So um, in relation to the work that you guys do for these campaigns, is that mainly advocacy? Do you go to meetings or like what does that constitute? Um, So it constitutes a lot of, what we try to do is a lot of like active communication with union reps um, because how else are we going to know what's what's going on? Um, So, you know, maybe they'll tell us like, you know, what would really help right now is if you had some sort of rally or demonstration that visibly shows that you care about this issue. Because right now, in negoti- like when we go to the negotiating table, they're telling us that you don't care. Mm-hmm. And so then we, we do that. Or, you know, sometimes for the, for the maintenance workers, mm-hmm. um, when we were freshmen, uh, not, we're not like lauding ourselves or anything like that, but like, you know, we'd bring them like coffee or whatever, like early in the morning when they were getting off ships, just to like show a p- support and appreciation because they don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and BU holds that against them so hard, you you better believe it. Um, or, you know, right now we're considering, I think, I think we are um, going to write some sort of solidarity pledge that we can then get groups to sign on to, which serves a dual purpose of letting know, letting the workers know that we care about them and also letting you know that we're like watching and that we, we know what's going on. Are there any um, student groups within CGS that you guys have worked with or spoken with about the issue? The long and short answer to that is no. Um, the, the longer answer to that is we just came into this campaign um, kind of about halfway halfway through this year and we're still getting the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that would be a, a very, very important, a very important part of our next steps is talking with um, CGS students and how CGS students specifically feel about this. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing a lot of like talking to our own personal friends about it um, and that gives us a really limited sense of that. Um, so to be honest, that's that's something we're really interesting in figuring out more and learning more about, um, and getting getting more of that perspective. Um, I, I believe that there's a CGS student government, um, mm-hmm. and that's something I think we will be reaching out to next year, as that's because that's in the process of changing into whatever it's going to be next year, um, and, and kind of getting on the ground rolling and, and talking about that because the issue obviously does specifically affect that community. Yeah, and I think it's it's been a little tricky for us because it's a very delicate situation, right? Because you don't want to go in like guns blazing, being like, "Here's the issue, like we gotta get like revved up right now," um, because you also because it, I mean it, it involves um, dealing with workers and with students, and you want to make sure that you're not like devaluing students or not saying like, "Oh, look, BU doesn't like care about you," so like, what do you think about that? And they're yeah. like, "Please leave my building." <laughs> <laughs> So it's just it's important to us to to be able to approach that with as much information as we have um, because we don't want to go in half cocked and say something that turns up not to be true um, because that's very important to make sure that we're really saying everything that's accurate about the situation and those details are still developing um, you know there's bargaining meetings that come back they tell us what's going on at the bargaining meetings um, and so things are moving. It's along. completely different than the last time we talked. Every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Because you never know what they're going to come to the table with. Um, you know. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's uh, pretty good. You know. So, um, <laughs> thank you guys for coming on. Thank uh, you for having us. Pleasure yeah. having you. Uh, 
Yeah, I'll uh, see you at the next slap meeting, you know? <laughs> Monday's at 6. Yeah, true. Seven. 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 Oh, Where? Sorry. Slap Where? Yeah, uh, Monday's at 7. In the Ziskin Lounge. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, it's been a great time here on the Common Thread Podcast.